Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here with you today on the air to take your calls and your texts, your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. This is the show where you can call in. Maybe there, maybe you've been reading your Bible and there's something that has puzzled you or you'd like more information about. Maybe there's something going on in your life and you're wondering, what does God's Word speak to that situation? Maybe there's something going on in your life and you just need prayer for it. This is a time for you to call in. We give you this kind of daily lifeline to pastors uh, every day here on Calvary Live from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time. And you can call in, have your questions answered. Uh, you can have your prayer requests submitted. And then as we read them out, as we pray for them, know that there are so many people who are tuning in and listening and they're praying with us and praying for your needs. So this is an awesome opportunity for you. We'd love it if you'd call in with those questions and with those prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, that text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. I want to welcome those who are listening here in Colorado and up into Southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. You are hearing this show live today. Today is January seventh. It is a Thursday. We also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those who are listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and stretching into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So glad to have you with us. We want to give you a reminder for those of you listening on the East Coast and the area around Tennessee on Truth FM and Hope FM that you're hearing this program on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind, but still, we want you to be involved in this show. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for your prayer requests. We'd love to answer your questions. So even if you are listening on delay, just please be part of the show. Just be aware of that fact. But you know what? It also gives you guys a unique opportunity there who are listening on delay, and that is that you know that your show is going to be broadcast a week later. So that gives you the chance to invite someone else to tune in and listen with you the following week when you're going to be on the air. You can tell them, hey, I, I was on this show. It's going to air at this time. And that might be a way for you to introduce them to Christian radio and that particularly that Christian radio station in your area that's broadcasting not only this show, but so many other Bible teaching programs and ministries that would be a blessing for them to listen to and perhaps potentially something God would use to change their lives. We hear reports of that all the time here at uh, Grace FM, how God is using this station to affect people, to train them up in, uh, in God's word, to answer their questions, really to uh, do all the work that God does through his word uh, in their lives. And so 
really uh, encourage you guys, wherever you're listening, get the word out about Grace FM. Great things, uh, not just Grace FM, but the, the local station you're listening on there as well. For those of you on Hope FM and Truth FM. And this show, we, we'd love for more and more people to be connected to it. And we're excited to see how uh, it's being syndicated in different places and growing. We also have a growing online audience. So we want to greet those of you who are tuning in online, whether through our website or through the app. Um, if you are not aware of that, you, you are always able to tune in over the internet at gracefm.com. There's a button there where you can click to listen live. And if you don't have it yet, we really encourage you to go and get the Grace FM app because with that app, you can tune in from anywhere, not only in the country, but anywhere in the world. And you can listen to this program as well as other Bible teaching on Grace FM. So you can get that app for free just by going to the App Store or the Google Play Store for your device and uh, typing in Grace FM as one word, no spaces, Grace FM. It'll come right up. It's totally free. You put it on your device, and then you can listen on the go wherever you are in the world. And we often have listeners tuning in uh, from, let's see, I think we have some from South Korea, South Africa. We have people who tune in from other parts of Europe as well. And so uh, we're excited to have all of you with us. We also have many listeners in different parts of the United States where we're not um, broadcasting over the air, but we are able to uh, have this program broadcast over the internet. And so many of you join us in that way. So welcome to all of you who are joining us in that way. You're also hearing the show live. Uh, just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And and uh, I'm your host on Calvary Live every Friday. Now, today's a Thursday, and usually Pastor Ed Taylor is on on Thursdays. I'm filling in for him today, but I will be here for my regular scheduled show tomorrow for, for Friday. And again, I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We'd love to have you worship with us. We are meeting in person. We're also broadcasting our services online. And so if you are within driving distance of Longmont, we'd love to have you join us in person. We have three in-person services. They are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 o'clock a.m. on Sunday mornings. We have our children's ministry currently only meeting at the 9.30 a.m. service. And so if you have kids, you might want to come for that one. But our 8 a.m. service is really our, our, I guess you would call it, COVID extra-friendly service where we really try to be more careful and um, make sure that you know we're really diligent about cleaning and masks and everything. So if it's a concern of yours, we encourage you to come to the 8 a.m. service. And we'd love to have you at any of those services. And if you're not within driving distance of Longmont, um, you can always join us online, whitefieldschurch.com, and we broadcast our 9.30 and 11 a.m. services. We'd love to have you with us. You can also hear me every weekday on Grace FM at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time with our sermons uh, on the radio there for our show, which is called Life in the Field, which is all about how we live out God's mission on his mission field in our lives. So we've got some callers coming in. So let's go ahead and go straight to our call in line. Let's go to Anastasia in Loveland, Colorado. Hi, Anastasia. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing great. What's up? Good. Um, I, I had a question about my, my sister, Chloe. Uh, she has um, autism, and she's nonverbal, and uh, she pretty much needs 24-hour care constantly. Uh, she can't be left alone at, at any point. And uh, she goes to this really nice school, and uh, she's getting taken care of by really good people. And I just found out recently by the school that she kind of has a girlfriend, kind of. Um, and I'm, I guess my question was that if she will be saved or if there's anything I can do. 
Okay. Yeah. Are you asking that because of the situation with the girlfriend, or if, as a person yes. with autism, that she can understand no, the gospel? No, not because of the autism. I know it's not because of the autism. Uh, just because of the the fact that she has a girlfriend. I guess that. Yeah. I'm asking. Sure. Um, I'm gonna have the uh, producer mute you. There, there you go. Just or at least turn you down, just because there's a lot of background noise. But I hope that you can hear me. And um, here's the answer that I would give to your question. I would say that, especially, you know, we we want to have a lot of grace and and um, understand the special needs of a person who has special needs. And and I think that there is, first of all, a lot of grace for this situation. You know, if she's nonverbal, the, there's a lot of questions uh, as far as what it is that she's fully able to comprehend. And while we want to teach her in the right way and teach her that, okay, this, this relationship isn't appropriate according to the Word of God, maybe discourage her from having that. I guess my other question would be, I would want to know, um, you know, how much, like, what does that mean for her as an adult person with autism to have a girlfriend? Does it just mean that she has a close friend? Uh, or does it mean that there's, like, sexual activity involved? And if there is, I think that that would be maybe an ethical question to bring up to the the facility where where she's being cared for as well, you know, um, because that that might not even be like acceptable in that sense. But um, yeah, I think it is possible for her to be saved. The good news of the gospel is that that our salvation doesn't depend on anything that we do or don't do, but on what Jesus Christ has done for us. And, and us, of course, receiving that by faith. And part of that is that we are repentant of our sins. You know, we're, we're contrite. Again, this gets to an issue of understanding. You know, how much is she really understanding um, issues like, like sin, sexuality, what's appropriate, um, and what is, what is um, God's plan and will for our lives? So I think that before getting into all of those factors with her as far as, um, you know, what's, what's right and wrong with this relationship, I would encourage you to make sure that she knows a few things first, very clearly, which are that God loves her, that Jesus died for her, and that by trusting in him that she can be saved. You know, those things I, I believe are primary, and then we can deal with the individual sins or behaviors in light of that truth. Yeah, um, she she has she wouldn't be able to understand. She doesn't uh, like growing up. I I raised her, and growing up, she wouldn't understand. Uh, like going outside naked is inappropriate. Right. She wouldn't. She doesn't understand a lot of the things that you try to explain to her or tell her. She won't know what I'm talking about. Um, and and I think her relationship with this girl. I don't think it's. Very sec. I don't think it's very sexual. I think it's just a really close friend. But they said that they've kissed a couple times. So I don't know. I yeah, and just she's being years old and yeah, being the fact that it sounds like she doesn't really understand, you know, a lot of these things. I think that there's a lot of grace for her, and I'd say that the primary, the primary thing that you want to communicate to her and help her to understand is that God loves her and that Jesus died for her. And in light of that, then you can say, hey, and you know what? This behavior, um, we're not going to encourage that, you know? Just like you would yeah. do with going outside naked. Yes, 
Yes, and isn't there a verse in the Bible where it says that God loves the meek and the lame and the um, the the heartbroken and isn't there a verse in the Bible where it says that? Yeah, there are a lot of verses that teach that, and there are verses that say, for example, that God is near to the brokenhearted. He is near to uh, the. He is a father to the fatherless. You know that He lifts the the uh, poor out of the ash heap. So definitely, this is a important theme throughout the Bible that God cares very much for the what would be called the least of these, those who are uh, not considered perhaps as valuable in the eyes of the world because they're not able to produce anything or maybe they they um, are you know to to put it harshly to the, a burden to others you know and and God looks at these people and says you are not a burden to me i value your life you know and this is this is something that's very important and unique in the bible is this the value of human life it's not just the value for the unborn that that as well but it's also the value of the life of the elderly you know, who who are not able to produce and contribute to society. It's the value of life of the disabled. It's the value of life of of all people, no matter their physical ability, appearance, etc. Yeah, and I, I I feel kind of bad for even asking the question because I already know in my heart that she is saved and she always will be. I just, I don't know, I... I I felt the need to call and ask. Well, it's a, it's a great question, and I'm more than happy to discuss it with you. And really, um, it's something that's really on my heart, to be honest. I, I pastor a church where, where I have people in my congregation who have uh, children with autism. We have some adults with disabilities. And it's very, very important to me that um, we as the body of Christ model this this way of valuing life and, and proclaiming this this good news of the scriptures. And, and I think there are also other people who, who probably need to hear these things. Yeah, I agree. I, I recently uh, found Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I've been reading the Bible, and I've been trying to teach my siblings and my parents about it. And That's awesome. I just, she, she, she lives in a different country, so okay. I hear the news from my mom. Okay. So I, I just try to do whatever. I, I raised her for eight years, and then she had to go back to Greece because we couldn't take care of her here because of financial difficulties. But okay. she's doing a lot better. She's very happy, and she's very loving. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, yeah. I'm, I'm really happy and excited for you and for this journey you're on with, of faith in the Lord. And so have you yes. have you found a community of believers yet? Um, yes, I mean, I have um, one other person that uh, that came to Jesus with me at the same time, and I already got my sister to become a believer, one of my other sisters to become a believer, too, and I bought her a Bible, and she's mm. really believing, and it's really beautiful. That's and amazing. I listen to you awesome. guys all the time, That's every so day. Great. That's so awesome. Hey, you know, you're in Loveland. We're not too far from you. If you ever feel like driving down, we'd love to have you on a Sunday morning, and uh and, you know, we just study the Bible and seek the Lord on Sunday mornings, and we're right here in Longmont. So um, we'd love to have you if you're, if you're in the area. Yes, that, that actually makes me ask one more question, because I noticed that in the Bible it says that the Sabbath is the, 
is the holy day of the Lord, and the Sabbath would be Saturday. And I was just wondering, why is it that most churches uh, do it on like Sunday? That Sunday is the most holy day. Yeah, no, there's a great there's a great historical reason for it, and uh, I do have some other callers on on hold, so I'm gonna make this really okay. fast. But there, but there is a great answer to this. Here's the answer. The, the purpose of the Sabbath, according to Hebrews chapter 4. So I'm going to give you some homework. Go and read Hebrews chapter 4. And here's what it's saying. Two, I'm going to give you another passage to read too. Read Hebrews chapter 4 and read Colossians chapter 2, particularly the middle of Colossians chapter 2. And here's what they, they both have to say. Um, Colossians 2 says it very clearly. Everything that came before, meaning Sabbaths, and it actually lists Sabbaths there directly, um, they were for a purpose. And the purpose wasn't only to take a day off. Um, what was the purpose of taking a day off? The purpose of that is that it foreshadowed something that was to come in Christ. It says that they were shadows. The substance, however, is found in Christ. And go over to Hebrews chapter 4. Here's what it says. It says that there were all these things regarding the Sabbath, but they all pointed forward to a rest which we now have in Jesus. So as Christians, we don't believe that Sunday replaced Saturday as the Sabbath. Rather, we believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. And to truly honor the Sabbath is to rest in what Jesus did, to have the, the rest in our souls that comes from believing in the gospel and knowing that God's work for us is finished his work of salvation in our lives. That's what it means to truly rest. That's what the Sabbath was foreshadowing. So why do Christians worship on Sundays in this case? Here's why. We know that the early Christians worshiped on Sunday because that was the day when Jesus resurrected from the grave. And so we know from the earliest days of Christianity, they began gathering on Sunday mornings. And here's what the early church gatherings looked like. They would gather before the sun came up because remember, Sunday was not a day off in the Roman Empire, and it wasn't a day off in, in any empire ever. And, and by the way, neither was Saturday, except in Israel. So Sunday was a, a day of work. And so, you know, you could think of it like as Monday. Uh, that would be the, the closest um, correlation to it. So imagine if on Monday mornings you got, you got up before work, like before the sun rose, met with believers to sing songs and hear a sermon. Then you went to work, and then after work that same day, you come back in the evenings, and you would gather for more Bible study, more worship, and taking communion together. And so uh, the point is that this is something that the Christians did. Now there's one more reason, and then I really do need to let you go. And that is this, that think about it like this. What the Bible is describing is that, um, if you could say, Sunday is the first day of the week, which is the, the model that the Bible gives, and the Sabbath is the last day. So you can think of Sunday as being number one, Sabbath as being the Saturday being number seven, as far as in the seven days of the week. That's what the Bible models for us, the last day. The first six days are work, last day is rest. Well, what does that make Sunday after that? It makes it the day of new beginnings. And, and you could, if you added a number to it, you wouldn't give it a one. You know what you give it? You give it an eight. So, so if this makes sense, what I'm trying to explain is that for Christians, there was what we call in theological terms, we call this an eschatological reason, which means, uh, eschatological means the, the end time event. And what they're saying is that by worshiping on Sundays, we are celebrating the new day that has now come in Jesus. 
So it's not a replacing of Saturday. Rather, it's a celebration of the resurrection and the new life that we have in Jesus. That's why we worship on Sundays. Now, the reason we don't do Saturday is because Jesus has fulfilled the Sabbath. That's right. Okay, yes, because I know the Sabbath doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't, like the Jewish laws don't count anymore because Jesus came and his law matters. Yes, that's perfect explanation. Thank you so much. God bless you, Anastasia. And we'd love to have you sometime at, here at Whitefields if you're if you're available. So God bless you. Bye-bye. Sounds good. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to our next caller, Laura in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, uh, you prayed for my husband and I a little while ago. He was in the hospital with COVID. I remember. And, yeah, he finally got out. Um, he, he still has some physical problems, but uh, we still need prayers. Shortly after he got out, um, I've had this problem with my foot for a couple of years, and it got this sore on the bottom, and it broke open and was infected, and I had to go in the hospital for about a week. They did surgery on it and did a lot of reconstructing on it, so I'd walk on it different so I wouldn't get the sores anymore. So, But, um, yeah, it broke open and, uh, on the bottom. There's stitches on the top of the bottom. and um, So I'm on IV antibiotics at home, and I have a visiting nurse come and give them to me every day and wind changes. And then <laughs> right after I got out of the hospital, I had to go get this tick line in, and the nurse who did that told me that, your husband doesn't look very good because he drove me there. He's, like, on a lot of oxygen and stuff. And um, so she said, you need to take him over to emergency, uh, urgent care right now. And so we did. And they ran tests and said they thought he had a blood clot and um, something with his uh, aneurysm in his heart. In the, uh, and he was in kidney failure. So they sent him right to emergency um, for about, uh, about four or five days. Um, they did not find a blood clot. He does have an aneurysm, but I guess it's not a problem right now. I don't know. Um, and they just gave him a lot of fluids and stuff. But, um, okay, yeah, so he's what can still I, having a lot of physical problems from that. The, so, and okay. I still have 14 days of antibiotics to go through. And um, so, yeah, we need a lot of prayer. Okay, let's do that. Let me let me pray for you. Sounds like so many things going on, Laura. And, uh Let's pray. First of all, I just want to thank the Lord for um, for how he has heard our prayers. I remember your husband, I believe, was on a ventilator. So let's pray for you and your husband, Laura. Heavenly Father, we lift up Laura and her husband to you. We are so thankful, Lord, that you have healed them and, and helped them so far on this this journey of recovery from COVID. Um, but Lord, we, we see now they have these other struggles and and our hearts go out to them, Lord. We know that you see their pain and you empathize with them as well. And Lord, so we pray for her husband and this, this aneurysm, uh, her uh, antibiotics. Lord, we pray that over these next 14 days of being an, on antibiotics, Lord, that those antibiotics, you would use them to fix what is not right in her body. And Lord, we pray that there would be just an eradication of bacteria and eradication of disease. And, Lord, that she would be healthy and well. But we also pray for her husband for, for full recovery. Having come through COVID, Lord, we pray that you would continue this process of, of seeing him through to full health. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank Laura. you so much. I'm so thankful for you being there to pray for us and encourage us. That 
That's really helped us a lot. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing the good report in the future, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got two open lines with those last two callers finishing, so give us a call with your prayer requests or your questions about the Bible. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you and love to talk with you here on the air. And like we were saying with the previous caller, <clears throat> maybe your question is something that someone else can benefit from hearing the answer to as well. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Linda in Thornton, Colorado. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you so much uh, for being on the air. Um, I listen to you every day. Awesome. Well, um, I have terminal cancer, mm -hmm. and uh, I was diagnosed about five years ago, six years now. And they gave me five years, but I, God is really good to me. Every day is a new day, uh, so I'm still here. <laughs> but wow. uh, recently, and I'm a Christian, I'm born again, but I really worry about my attitudes and my anger, especially now with this election and all that's going on in this country. And I kind of identified with Jeremiah and all the prophets when they, when they cried for Jerusalem because they lost, they were losing it. They lost their nation. And I felt that similar yesterday. And I felt that there's so much evil now, and you can see it, and you can feel it, and you know it's there. I mean, it's right there. And... It's hard to understand. We've been praying. I know that God takes down kings and he puts kings up. And this is God's plan. And um, I'm just fearful. and uh, I'm just angry. Every time I look at the news, I'm crazy. I'm criticizing, and I, I really don't even want to look at it anymore. But I've been praying about getting away from it. And I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to feel... I, I don't want to feel that way. And I do. <laughs> Yeah. And I just want prayers for that. And I also have a son that's in very, very, very deep addiction. Mm. He's been in and out of prison all his life. And I pray to God that he doesn't go back to prison and die there. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, so I just don't want to be... I look at them, you know, and all this evil. And I know I read this in the Bible about how we look at evil. He says, don't look at evildoers and don't, you know, envy them because their time will come. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's here. And I know the end days are here and we're here. And I'm grateful that we're seeing it. We're in it. And I know that Jesus will come soon. Yeah. But it's still, it's still scary. <laughs> I fear for everyone, you know. Right. Uh, we have, but uh, it mostly prayers for my attitude. I'm not okay. being joyful, Christian. I'm being very morbid. <laughs> mm. Well, Linda, I, I do have a few thoughts on this, um, but we're also coming up to our break. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and pray for you first, and then after okay. the break, I'll I'll pick up there and share a few thoughts with you. And you can you can uh, hold through the break, and we can talk afterwards or you can 
just drop off and just listen on the radio. However you prefer is fine with me. But let well, me pray for you now. My, I had to go take a blood test in a little bit. So Got it. Okay. Uh, well, then, um, but stay tuned in because I will answer your um, your your issue there about. I think you bring up something really important, not just a prayer request. So I'd love to address that after the break. But let me let me pray okay. for you and your son first before we go to break. Okay. Heavenly Father, we lift up Linda to you. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy in her life that um, you have preserved her life through this cancer. And Lord, I pray for her that she would experience the freedom and joy uh, of these days, however many she has, that she wouldn't live them uh, in fear or in sorrow over the goings-on of this world and the evil that does exist, but she would live them in joy and expectancy and looking forward to what awaits her in your kingdom, which she's about to experience uh, in fullness, where there will be no more evil and no more uh, suffering. Lord, we pray for her son that you would set him free from deep addiction and that he wouldn't spend his last days in prison. Lord, we ask that you'd redeem his life. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hey, we are, you're listening to Calvary Live. We are going to our break. We'll be right back in two minutes time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, with your prayer requests. Maybe something's going on in your life and you're curious what God's Word might have to say about it. Um, Maybe there's something that's always puzzled you that you want to discuss when it comes to the Bible. Or maybe you have uh, something that you just want prayer for. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you here on the show. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line, 720-336-0897. So right before the, um, oh, it looks like Linda is back. So Linda, can you hear me? Okay, Linda, so it looks like we've got you back on the line. Um, yeah. And, and so I was just going to address some of the things that you brought up, um, you know, about being upset and angry at the state of our country. And here's what I, here's the first thing I would encourage you with is, Linda, with, for someone with terminal cancer, I would really encourage you uh, not to spend your last days, however many they are, um, being upset about the things in this world, because that's honestly, it's truly not a good use of your time. But here's the other thing that I would tell (laughs) other people who are listening in, and that's this. One one thing we need to be aware of is that all of these media outlets, right, including this one, right, that we're doing right now, they have a purpose. They have somewhere where they want to lead people to. We call this a telos in Greek. It means the, it's the trajectory in which they're trying to lead people in. In other words, nobody is truly objective. So whether you're watching uh, conservative media, liberal media, mainstream media, or alternative media, it doesn't matter. They have an angle. They have a goal and a purpose of where they're trying to do. In Christian terms, what we call that is discipleship. They are trying to make you a disciple of some belief. So when, when they report the news, they're not just telling you what happened. 
they're giving you an angle on it. And this is really something that is on my heart a lot because as a pastor, you know, and, and as a Christian, we've been called by Jesus to make disciples. And, and it really bothers me. And what does is, what is the rest of that verse say? It says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. So he's not only told us to make disciples. What does it mean to make disciples? It means to teach them what Jesus taught us. And, and so here's what I see being a real problem and a real threat to uh, Christianity today. And, and I, I don't know if I'd say it's a threat to Christianity, but I'd say it's, a, it's an issue that needs to be addressed. And that is that there are so many people who want to lead and, and disciple. There are so many media outlets right now that um, I see people in, in, that I, in my circles, friends, uh, people in my church, and they spend hours every day uh, listening to news, listening to talk radio, listening to, um, you know, watching conservative radio or liberal radio or, or TV. And, and I see what it does to them. And I would not, I would say that it does not help them to be greater disciples of Jesus. It causes them to either be angry or afraid or both. Um, or, or the other thing it does, it causes them to be self-righteous against other people who, who don't share their political views. And, and on the other hand, I see that if you would compare the amount of time that they spend reading the Bible and being discipled by, you know, uh, Paul the Apostle, Peter the Apostle, Moses, Isaiah, those are the voices that we, we need to be listening to. And so I've challenged my church this year to turn off, you know, the media outlets somewhat. I'm not telling people to put their heads in the sand and just ignore what's going on in the world. But I want them to think about how much time they dedicate to getting the word of God, the living word that is that gives life, it transforms, that gives wisdom and understanding, that gives a light to your path. Get that into and that builds faith, as Paul says in Romans 10. Get that into your heart and your mind much more than all of the other media inputs that you're taking in whether they're news yeah. or, or anything else. So, so, yeah, that, so that's my... Right. Um, I, I think, I've been obsessed yeah. with it. It's been awful. Um, yes, you're absolutely right. I need to get more into what God says about it. And uh, as far as being joyous, <laughs> I pray every day. And I know I, each day is, is a gift for me. And I I worry about, I want to be in heaven with, with yeah. Jesus. I, I want. Well, that's the only thing I want. And I don't want to sin like this about the criticism and the judgment and the and the prejudice and all of that. And it's awful. And you know what? So we I have some. About it every day. We have some really great promises from Jesus. For example, Jesus said, "I will establish my church, and the gates of hell will never overcome it." That is something we can go to the bank on. the The Book of Revelation essentially tells us this. There are going to be a lot of bad things that happen. There are going to be even judgments of God that happen. There are going to be empires that rise and do evil things. But you know what? In the end, God is going to defeat evil forever. And that's really good news. And, and you know, this short time that we have on earth, it's just a drop in the bucket compared to eternity in which there will be justice, peace, and love that will reign forever for those of us who who put our faith in Jesus and receive his kingdom. So that would be my advice to all of us is that we can have so much confidence. We're more than conquerors. Even the worst things in this world that could ever happen to us, 
God uses them for our good, and they only end up bringing us closer to the Lord. Even death itself brings us to his presence. So we're more than conquerors, and we can be filled with so much confidence and joy, even in the face of, of great evil and, and great problems. So, so much. God, God bless you, Thank Linda. You. I know you've got other things to do, and we've got other callers. So God Thank bless you, you and have God a great bless day. You. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got one open line, the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Let's go to Stephen in Parker, Colorado. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. Hey, thanks for holding. You bet. Um, and uh, I'm actually kind of a follow-up to your first call, um, this afternoon, um, I have a son who is on the autism spectrum, and he's nonverbal um, and has an intellectual disability. Um, so a lot of the things that your first caller described are things that describe our life right now also. Mm. And the, the question of salvation is one that um, I wrestled with for a little while, but I really feel like the Lord has brought clarity to me about. Mm. Um, and there's really there's two scriptures that provide... Um, that clarity for me, um, and I just want to apologize, my son is in the back seat and he's happy listening to his music, so if there's noise in the background, that's him. He's in a you pretty good mood right now. Um, you don't need to apologize for that, Stephen. But yeah, go for it. Okay. The two scriptures are um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, and Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Um, okay. And Isaiah 13 and 14 are Lucifer's five I wills. Um, you know, it's describes why Lucifer was evicted from heaven and sentenced to hell. Um, and the, the most important is the last of those I wills, is where he says, I will be like God, which, breaking that down, the way I am understanding that is essentially Lucifer is saying, I know God is great, I know he is all-powerful, but I can be just as good as him, even though I'm a creature and he's the creator, I can be as good as God. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, that initial sin of pride. And that connects to Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, where Eve is having a conversation with Lucifer, who has been expelled from heaven and is now tempting Adam and Eve in the garden, and he spins out his yarn for Eve, and chapter, uh, verse 6 says that when... Eve saw that it was good to eat, and that it would give her the ability to determine right and wrong for herself, that's when she took the bite, and she turned and gave it to Adam, who I think he was standing there as a quiet bystander, having the same thoughts, and he never stopped her, never brought up a counterpoint, and he just wanted to see if she was going to fall over dead before he took a bite, and when she didn't fall over dead, he went right along with it. But the thing is, is that the, the intents of the heart of both Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, 6, and Lucifer in Isaiah 14, 13, and 14, is what they have done is they've said, you know what, I know, God, you are the one who has the authority, but I think I'm smart enough, strong enough, good enough to figure this out on my own, and so I'm going to reject your definition of on my own. And that's the sin that expels us from God's presence. And so when you have somebody like my son or your first caller or sister 
who has not attained the cognitive mastery to contemplate the idea of good and evil, right and wrong, have I sinned, where did we come from, what is all this, that, that's a, that, that requires a level of cognitive maturity. If he doesn't have that, or if a person doesn't have that, I'm convinced that they are essentially grandfathered into salvation. Mm. That grace extends to them. Because the other understanding that puts my heart at ease is that on the last day, on Judgment Day, there's five seats of judgment. Three of them don't have to do with individuals, but two of them do. And those two are the Bema seat and the Great White Throne. The only question that's valid at the Bema seat is, was this human being saved by the work on Calvary or not? And if somebody doesn't have the cognitive mastery to have rejected that, they are automatically grandfathered into it. For the rest of us that have the cognitive mastery to make that decision, if we have accepted that, that gets us in the line of the Bema seat, and there's nothing we can do to improve or reject that. Mm. The, yeah, so, so so Stephen, it's a it's an interesting uh, point you bring up, and it's not it's not one that I'm not familiar with because, um, in, in fact, you know this is I, I can actually maybe even add some things to what you what you've said because um, the the issue is really one of what is the cause for God's judgment, right? And so, is is it our um, inherent nature as sinners that causes us to be judged or is it our rebellion and that's that's really the question so when we talk about so for example i I think it's the same issue as regards what we might call sometimes the age of accountability Um, and so people say is there an age of accountability what happens to infants who die what happens to young children who die without without reaching the point where they can really understand um, the gospel or even maybe understand their own actions. Now, I don't disagree with the teaching that says that there is something called original sin and that um, David, for example, says, I was sinful from my mother's womb. In other words, before I was born into this world, sin was already bound up within me. Uh, I don't just sin, in other words, because, uh, let's put it this way, I am not a sinner because I sin as much as I sin because I am a by nature, a sinner, right? And so that, that's the natural inclination of the fallen human heart. And, and so here's what I would say. Like in the case of, of uh, let's take uh, somebody, you know, just a, a general study and say, let's say a, a young child. Now, is this young child a sinner? Yes. Have they sinned? Yes, they have missed the mark in some ways. They're the and, and now, is that the same as rebellion? Well, not in every case, right? There's a difference between sin and transgression. And so what we would say in this case is like, uh, in, if you look at Romans chapter one, here's what it says. It says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against what? Against rebellion, against people who knowing God have rejected God, who, who knowing God have um, turned away from God and have suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. And the, so in other words, what is the wrath of God coming on? Is it coming on human beings for the fact that um, Adam and Eve sinned and therefore we are born with a sinful nature? No, 
the the answer is the wrath of God is coming against all unrighteousness that suppresses the truth and unrighteousness, right? That rebels against God, knowing God refuses to acknowledge him as God. So that's, that's essentially the same thing you're saying. So I would add Romans 1 to your repertoire. The other thing I would add is, of course, that this is in the same category as what we talk about when we talk about age of accountability. So we bring in kind of an anecdotal uh, story from from Second um, Samuel chapter... Oh, I'm going to have to look at it. Is it chapter 12 or is it chapter 13? I'm, I think it's chapter 12, but I'll have to check it out. Anyway, um, the, the point there being that, um, that I think that we can have confidence that God extends mercy to, um, to people who um, lack the cognitive ability to, to understand either right and wrong or, or God. So um, I'm on the same page with you there. Um, but I would say we should be very careful about how we frame this because we don't want to just be um, trying to make it convenient for ourselves. We want to be doing theology accurately. And, and I do think that we are in that realm still, but we, we should be careful about the, the way that we do it. Um, now, Stephen, if you would allow me, I'd just like to pray for you before you go, because, because I, uh, I just want to let you know that, hey, I, I honor you for loving your son, and I know that it's probably, um, there are some added difficulties. Parenting's hard as it is, and parenting a child with special needs um, takes extra grace. And so I would love to pray for you and your wife. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for Stephen. And uh, thank you for his son. Thank you for this life that is precious to you, Lord. And thank you for the love that you fill uh, Stephen's heart with for his son. And we pray, Lord, that that would continue. We pray that his son would grow. And Lord, that as much as is possible, that he would know your love and that he would understand the gospel. And Lord, we thank you that he is going to be with you in the future. And we, we believe that based on your word. We look forward to having that time in heaven, Lord, when, when we will have new bodies and we will be uh, redeemed in every way. And we look forward to that so much. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So God bless you, Stephen. Thank you for calling in. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Looks like we've got two open lines. You can give us a call with your Bible questions and with your prayer requests at 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller. Looks like Joseph in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Joseph. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing today? Doing well. I, I got two questions. Okay. Yes, uh, uh, the first one, uh, when when Jesus comes back and he's supposed to spend one day with God, what is that called? Well, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm familiar with the day that you're referring to. Well, it, it's called when Jesus comes back and everybody will be changed in a twinkle of an eye. Mm -hmm. It's a seventh trump. After six six six, mm, okay. When, when when yeah. So uh, to answer your question, um, I, there are two times when we read about Jesus coming back. Let's put it this way: there's a time when he appears in the sky and he calls those to himself who are alive, who are believers, and this is something we call the rapture. Um, there's also a second coming of Christ when he will come 
in glory to defeat Satan. And uh, finally, right, and, and at that time we see Judgment Day take place, Satan's cast into the lake of fire. And the point there being that uh, when Jesus comes back, there will be this day of judgment. Now, I assume that's what you're uh, referring to there. And so, um, so I think we can just call it a day of judgment. So, hey, Joseph, thank you. I'm sorry we only got to one of your questions, but God bless you and thanks for calling in. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got about 10 minutes left, which means we've got time for one or two more calls. And it looks like with that, we have all open lines. So give me a call with your Bible questions, with your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. We have a text message that came in on the text line. Someone's asking this. What is a biblical perspective of people who have a concealed carry permit well you know the bible doesn't really speak about guns directly because of course they didn't exist at the time when the bible was written but we did have swords and we have things like that you know and here's the here's the thing that's so interesting is that the bible really does give us principles that we can try to apply in our modern age but here's one of the most important things especially about new the new testament and especially about the teachings of jesus and that is this, that the New Testament um, and the teaching of Jesus, they really want us to understand that God is most concerned, not just with what we do, but why we do the things that we do. In other words, God isn't just concerned with what's in your hands. He's also concerned with what's in your heart. And, um, and I would say that this isn't, by the way, unique only to the New Testament. This gets to an issue of the function of the, New, of the Old Testament, right? The function of the Old Testament with the law was to show us here's God's perfect standard so that we understand what it is and we can see very clearly that there are areas where we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God so that we'd reach out and receive the Savior who God is providing for us. In other words, it's a mirror which shows us who we are. But you know what? There are stories in the Old Testament which show us that God isn't only concerned with what we have in our hands or what we do with our hands, he's also concerned and perhaps more concerned with what is going on in our hearts. So, for example, um, we are told, um, here, here's a great, great way of thinking about this. There are times in the Old Testament where God had instructed people to take up the sword for the purpose of doing his work and for the purpose of, for example, um, carrying out justice, like we see in Romans 13, where it says that those who are in law enforcement and governance, right, they are God's servants to carry out God's justice in the world. So there's an example of someone using a weapon, uh, in some cases, to, to um, carry out God's justice. On the other hand, we, t we have Jesus telling his disciples, put away your sword. My kingdom is not of this world, and it isn't taken by violence in the sense of, of um, using material weapons. Right? We have Paul telling us that the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. Right? The weapons of our warfare are spiritual, to take down spiritual strongholds. So what is the biblical perspective? I think the answer really gets down to a question of why. Why do you want to have a concealed carry permit, and what do you intend to do with it? Now, I know that there are people, for example, who carry... Um, because they are afraid 
There are other people who, and, and they want to feel safer. In fact, I had someone tell me this very thing the other day. They said, I carry a weapon because I'm scared and I want to be prepared in case something happens to me. Um, on the other hand, you know, you, there are people who say, I want to have a concealed carry permit because I want to be able to protect others in case something bad happens. So those are, those are two very different reasons. And I'm not actually saying that it would be wrong to carry a weapon uh, be out because you were afraid of physical harm. I think there are some cases in which that's the right thing to do. Now, if you're doing it for a sense of, of power, if you're doing it for any kind of wrong intention, just be clear with the fact that God sees your heart. He knows what the real intention is behind these things. And I would encourage you not to act in fear, but to act in faith. Now, that doesn't mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not here to tell you whether or not you should carry a weapon. I'm here to tell you that the biblical perspective on this would be for you to examine your heart and allow God to truly examine your heart and ask you why it is that you want to carry a weapon. And I think that there are probably righteous reasons, and I think there are certainly unrighteous reasons. So that, that would be the answer to that. And, and like with many things in the Bible, it's not always a yes or no answer. It's, it's oftentimes a question of why you're doing what you're doing. And, you know, Paul the Apostle talks about this in one of his letters. He says, in, in Romans chapter 14 is where he talks about this. And he says, you know, there's nothing which unto itself is sin. What matters is what you do with that thing. So, for example, uh, a knife um, can be used as a tool to cut food for your children or, you know, to, to cut something that will open up something wonderful for others. It can also be used as, as a weapon that you use to stab people, right? So, I mean, it's, is, is a knife good or is a knife bad? Uh, well, it depends what you do with it, just like money. Is money good or money bad? Well, absolutely depends how you use it. There are wonderful ways that you can use money, and there are ways that you can use money that are less wonderful. And so um, so that would be my, my approach to this with um, concealed carry permits. I think it's a matter of searching your heart, understanding why what is motivating you to do it and and bringing those motives before the Lord, allowing him to examine your heart and lead you in the way that he would have you go. So thank you for that question. I know it's very uh, pertinent, very uh, relevant question for many people today, especially in our society. So uh, God bless you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got four minutes left in our show, which means we've got time for maybe one more text question, one more call. If you'd like to try and squeeze in a call or a text message before the end of the show, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go over to our text line. And let's see if we have any text messages that we can answer during this time. All right, we got one here that says this. Can you touch on Calvinism versus dispensationalism? Does it matter which one you go towards? Aren't we all in Christ Jesus? So um, three questions essentially there, all related, but beginning with this one about dispensationalism. First of all, aren't we all in Christ Jesus? I will answer that question first and say, Yes, we are. Dispensationalism, Calvinism, these are views within Christianity. So you can be a Christian and be a Calvinist, and you can be a Christian and be a dispensationalist. 
Um, so yes, and, and and here's the thing: when we talk about secondary issues, right, issues that are not matters of salvation, issues where there's room for Christians to have disagreements, that is not to say that these things are not important. It's rather to say these are discussions that we can have as family, and there's room for disagreement on these things. But they're important discussions because they're they're important. They have implications for how we understand God and how we read the Bible and the conclusions that we come to. But if somebody differs from your your view on a secondary issue, then you treat them as a brother or sister in Christ, and we keep the main thing the main thing, and we have these discussions as family. But anyway, to answer your question, Calvinism and dispensationalism. Uh, first of all, Calvinism and dispensationalism are not mutually exclusive. So for example, John MacArthur is an example of somebody who is a Calvinist, and he's also a dispensationalist. Uh, Calvinism deals with what we call soteriology, which is the doctrine of how you are saved, whereas dispensationalism is really a matter of eschatology, which means kind of the big picture of the Bible and how the Bible fits together, as well as specifically end times viewpoints. So most Calvinists would hold to what is called covenant theology, which basically says that God has worked through a series of covenants throughout time, as opposed to a series of dispensations, meaning time periods and ways that God has worked in those different dispensations. Um, you know, a lot of Calvinists would make a caricature of dispensationalism where they say that um, dispensationalists believe that God saved people in different ways in the past. And I would have to say that is not actually true of the great majority of dispensationalists. Um, but that brings us to the end of our show and uh, hope that that helped you. Um, thanks for that question. We can talk about that more later. Hey, God bless you. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. And you can tune in to Calvary Live every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Have a great evening and God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.